Acts 1, 1 to 11. In the first book, O Theophilus, I have dealt with all that Jesus began to do and teach until the day when he was taken up, after he had given commands through the Holy Spirit to the apostles whom he had chosen. He presented himself alive to them after his suffering by many proofs, appearing to them during forty days and speaking about the kingdom of God. And while staying with them, he ordered them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, You heard from me. For John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. So when they had come together, they asked him, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? He said to them, It is not for you to know times or seasons that the Father has fixed by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. And we had said these things. As they were looking on, he was lifted up, and a cloud took him out of their sight. And while they were gazing into heaven as he went, behold, two men stood by them in white robes, and said, Men of Galilee, why do you stand looking into heaven? This Jesus, who was taken up from you into heaven, will come in the same way as you saw him go into heaven. Praise the Lord, this Jesus, whom you have seen taken up, will so return in like manner. Praise the Lord. The Word of God for you and I, the people of God, on this Lord's Day morning. It says in the first book, O Theophilus, I have dealt with all that Jesus began to do and all that Jesus began to teach. And he did that until the day when he, Christ, was taken up. After he had given commands through the Holy Spirit, to the apostles whom he had chosen, he presented himself alive to them after his suffering by many proofs appearing to them during the forty days. Forty days after Christ's resurrection, he dwelt on the earth. And in his glorified form, he was going in and out among the disciples. Yes, they could not tell when he was going to show up, but he showed up. Like you and I who are now awaiting his return, we can't tell when he will return, but he will return. And the apostle here of the book of Acts is saying to us that Jesus showed himself not only to him but to the others in such a profound manner he presented himself alive to them and they became witnesses of his resurrection witnesses of his glorified body 
As you recall, it was Christ who not only appeared to them, but gave permission even for Thomas to touch him, to place his fingers into the wounds in his hands, and to thrust his hands into his side. It was the resurrected Christ bearing the marks of crucifixion. It was the resurrected Christ who broke bread with them in his glorified body and ate with them. How important it is for the church to be reminded that we have a risen, glorified Savior. Much is being presented to the world today. And the church has and continues to increasingly come under the diabolical attacks of the wicked one. They're seeking to move the body of Christ from that of a biblical worldview to that of a secular worldview. The same trick of the wicked one that was used back in the Garden of Eden, where the evil one, Satan Lucifer, appeared as a serpent to Eve and questioned whether God indeed did say. The same tactic being used in this modern era. And sad to say that there are a growing number of professed believers who no longer have a profound conviction that the Word of God is the Word of God. But the Word of God is established as God's Word. And if there are ever a people with a conviction that God's Word is God's Word, it ought to be you and I who have come to know Him in the saving of our souls and have come to experience a relationship with Him that we can say, I know that my Redeemer liveth and I am persuaded that He is able to keep. You ask me how I know He lives. He lives because He lives within my heart. Jesus, for 40 days, back and forth among them, showing himself to them. And while staying with them, the Bible says he ordered them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, you heard from me, for John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days now. There is a progression to God's order. He has not forgotten us. A few weeks ago we celebrated Resurrection Sunday. We look back at what God had done for us. And now that Easter is somewhat behind us, as we forge into the summer, it is for the believers, the body of Christ, to be reminded that we are in this world, but we are not of this world. We are a mission from God, God who has spoken, and His word needs to resound much louder than that of man's. So the church is on a mission, and that's you and I. We are moving forward. And so the sixth verse said, when they had come together, they asked of Him, Lord, Will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? Here he is now in his resurrected body. Many of them were hoping 
that rather than going the way of the cross, he would have dismantled the Roman hardship and cruel leadership over them, taking the boot, if you would, of the authority of the Romans off the neck of the people of God. They failed to realize that Christ's initial coming was to make it possible for all people, not just Jew, but Jew and Gentile, black and white, despite who you are, all people to have access to him. He came to bore on himself the iniquities of us all. He shed his blood so that you and I can be washed despite where we have been and what we have done. We can come just as we are and experience the love of the Father through Christ. He came to be the suffering lamb that will take away the sins of the world. To be the final sacrifice of the blood of animals that were only partial. No longer would be needed for the precious blood of the Lamb, the Lamb of God, slain from the foundation of the earth, shed his blood for you and for me. The Bible says the body will know the truth, and the truth is what will make us free. And too many in the body don't seem to know what comes next. Well, Christ is risen. So, what? no, there is more to it. Isn't there? Yes, he instructed the disciples. And now that they see him in his glorified body, they figure this is going to be it. He can come in and out without the door being opened for him. He can just show up. He's going to put the Romans in their place now. Lord, is this going to be the time that you're going to restore the kingdom of Israel? To which the seventh verse of this first chapter of Acts, Jesus said to them, It is not for you to know the times or the season of the Father. The Father has fixed that by his own authority. Jesus responded to them. In the eighth verse he says, But... He says, but you, oh man, that's you, brother. That's me. That's each of us. He says, but you will receive us power. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. Not power so that you can puff yourselves up, but power that you will be my witnesses. Power to be my witnesses in Jerusalem. Power to be my witnesses in Judea. And in all of Samaria. Power you will receive to be my witnesses. To the end of the earth. The kingdom is not going to be established now. Because there are more that needs to be brought into the kingdom. There are Gentiles out there. There are sons and daughters that needs to hear the good news. Many throughout the then world knew of the horrible crucifixion of the Christ man. But not too many had heard that this Christ was now resurrected. As you may recall from your Bible studies, 
that many were projecting lies, that they stole the body, that he possibly was naturally dead. And you know some of the arguments that filters down even to our day and our time. But for 40 days, Jesus dwelt among the disciples and told them to tarry so that they can have the dunamis, the power of God through the Holy Spirit, that they will go with this gospel message and be a witness for Him to the end of the earth, a witness with power and demonstration that Jew and Gentile, near and far, would come to faith in this Christ man who laid down His life. The kingdom will be established, but not now. It will be established when you who will be endued with power go forth and be a witness for me. I said he's called us to be a what? A witness for him. It was not just for those disciples. It is for you and for me to be a witness for him. Society in our world is going to fill that void with secularism. It's going to fill that void with the antics of men. My brothers and sisters, God loves us with such a measure of love that who you are, whosoever you are, wherever you have been, He has died for you and called you into a relationship with Himself through His Son, Jesus Christ. The ninth verse as we move to a conclusion. It says, And when He had said these things, as they were looking on, He, Christ, He was lifted up, and a cloud took Him out of their sight. And while they were gazing into the heavens, as he went, behold, two, two men stood by them in white robes, and they spoke. They said, Man of Galilee, why do you stand looking into the heavens? This Jesus, who was taken up from you into heaven, will come in the same way as you saw him go into heaven. He's coming again. And we're not left in ignorance as to where he is. He is seated positionally on the right hand of God the Father. Doing what? What does the word says he's doing there? He is interceding on the right hand of the Father. He is interceding for you and interceding for me. Aren't you thankful that we have an intercessor? Because since we have come to faith, uh, we are truthful with ourselves. We would have to declare, since I have come to faith, I have messed up. I have sinned in thought, in word, in deed. There were times when I had to say, why did I think that? Why did I do that? God forgive. We have an advocate with the Father. We're not children left as orphans. 
We're not to go roaming around tossed by every wind of doctrine. The scriptures speaks for itself. He sits at the right hand of the Father. He intercedes for us. He's doing exactly what he said he would do. He says, I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go, I will come again in Matthew's gospel. You know it. He said, if I go, I will come again. And praise God, they have seen him go. He said, I'll come again and receive you unto myself. That where I am, there you, each of you, may be also. He is gone to prepare a place for us. But he has not left us orphans. On next Sunday, God willing, on the liturgical calendar, will be the celebration, if you would, of Pentecost. Because the disciples whom Jesus told to remain in Jerusalem, they, in obedience to his word, stayed. And they experienced the gift, the endowment of the Holy Spirit that Jesus told them would be theirs. Such an endowment that would empower them to be a greater witness for him. And 11 out of the now 12 disciples had given their lives to martyrdom, having received the power of the anointed of the Holy Spirit, were now convinced that their Savior Lord, our Savior Lord, is alive. And we are His witnesses. Despite what men may say, and what men will try to do to us. And we need to pray, saints, because it's coming. The persecution of the church for those that will choose to stand for what God and His Word says is not too far off. These men were martyred. Coming again. Coming again. Our Savior Lord is coming again. Oh, bless his name. Hallelujah. Tarry, and you will be endued with power from an eye. How marvelous is our Savior's love for us. Would you stand with me as Chris leads us in this final chorus? Thank you, Father.